Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled A Time to Harvest. It was written by Brian Sammons, Charles P. Zaglanis, Glenn Owen Barras, and Mike Mason, and it's available on the Chaosium website. Jeff Wilkins is our game master, and this is Chapter 4, Episode 3. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Thanks, Tom. Anybody remember what they did last week? Well, we went into the woods. We looked around. We found the cabin. We, to the school teacher. we came back, then we went to the school teacher, and we found out that she kind of thinks there's weird stuff, too, and that some of the kids were skinning cats and cackling maniacally. <laughs> Perfect. And, yeah. and the teacher is a little nervous, I think about the children. I'm I'm nervous now that the teacher might be in danger. Especially if they find out she talked to us. And and I think we're on our way to see the doctor. Yep, you took a stumble yeah. at the front steps. Smacked your nose, I believe. That's right. Oh. <laughs> and unless was there another reason you were going to see the doctor? Or that at least that's what I assumed. I don't know. Well, for this, but also to to make allies, okay. something's going on. All right, yeah, so let's just pick up there then. So you, you took your tumble there, you're getting ready to head to the doctors. Yeah. Um, anything anything changed in between there, or that's where you want to go? I think that's where we're going, right, guys? Okay, sure. Yeah. I smacked it pretty good. I, I hope it's not broken. If it stops bleeding, I can bump it again, just so it looks authentic. Well, I don't know. Maybe you think it might look cool if it's a little crooked. Character. You want. And tell him some guy punched me. Look, I, I, I hate to be the one to say this, but one of us is going to have to sort of click it back into place. Or I mean, you could do that yourself. Well, we'll see if the doctor can do it. Ah, oh, doctor, they cost a fortune. Do it yourself. Yeah, so you guys arrive. Uh, hmm, small town doctor. Would you even have to knock or do you just walk in? So you burst in. No, we Doctor, knocked. doctor. What do you want to do? Just walk into the, if there's a little reception area. Yeah, just holding the bloody, uh, the blood soaked cloth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anybody else in the waiting room? No, it's it's a fairly quiet day. Uh, I guess they probably the doctor heard a little uh, bell at the top of the door dingle, and he, he comes in. And, yes, what what can I do for you? Hey, oh. doc. Okay, right. What happened? I fell and smashed my nose. I don't want. To, I want to know if it's broken or what. No, I don't. I don't want to look either. No, this uh, is not a real doctor, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I say to Jasper, it was a moment, quietly. So he, um, he just uh, he has you come in, sit down at the waiting room. Do you remember us, Doc? Yes, you look familiar. Yes, like three How weeks ago. <laughs> How could I forget? 
yeah so this was just an accident or just yeah i was i i tripped over the frame of a door on the way out what uh what brings you back into town i thought you guys might have been done well we're 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 still investigating weird stuff going on here okay the whole folklore thing yeah kind of you guys want to tell them better than i can <laughs> well doctor we're not only interested in local folklore and traditions we we're interested in uh more recent accounts as well. We, uh, of course, it's still academic research, but uh, we have a bit more funding this time, and uh, you know, contemporary uh, sponsors can sometimes be interested in more immediate and uh, perhaps even sensational accounts. Uh, we recall everything you told us before, but well, like you just said, uh, that was more in the sense of folklore. Has anything? Uh, Anything else unusual been going on that uh, might be worth uh, looking into? He uh, he pauses to thank you. He says, actually, since you've been gone, it's been fairly quiet. So I, I kind of been taking that as a good sign. Well, it certainly certainly sounds to be. Uh, although I would hate to think our, our presence in town would be a. Uh, Less associated with uh, peace and quiet. You know, hold on, I'm going to see what the dice say about this one. He, um, he was there the day that you rescued the woman from the cabin. Girl. Right. Um, matter of fact, Tug, he, I think you pretty much handed her, you know, laid her down at his feet to, he was the doctor, she was hurt, and kind of left her with him. Right. Um, he, he's, he's looking at you, and he's le letting you know, he says, you know, you guys didn't give a lot of details or information about what happened and how you found her and all that, and I just wanted to let you know that some of the townsfolk, you might not be all that popular around here. They are not uh, appreciative of uh, rescuing her from harm's way? Right. I mean, that's what, to some, you guys are the heroes. You know, you found her and you brought her back safely and all that. But I think it's just the gaps and the holes in the story that, you know, how did she get here? How did you guys find her? It just... Well, they surely don't think that we were keeping her in the house we were renting, do they? I, I don't see any gaps. We don't know why she was there. We found her because we were on a walk and we heard her. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I've told them too, but... Well, uh, has anyone tried to fill in uh, this uh, supposed gap themselves? What's, uh, what's their version of the story? Well, it's all just, you know, nobody's coming out and directly accusing you of anything. It's just one of those, you know, small town. Well, I understand. Um, this is actually the kind of thing we're interested in. What, uh, what would they speculate? What, uh, what, kinds, of, what kinds of explanations uh, would seem plausible to them? Well, that 
I mean, to be direct, that, that they think that maybe you were somehow involved. And that's why we brought her back. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, no, it really doesn't. It's a small town. You know, it's interesting, Doctor. We really rescued that girl from some kind of abuse. And yeah, we, we, heard, we heard recently a story about um, local animals being tormented and tortured. Uh, so, you know, there's some strange things going on and we know that, um, you know, that we're trying to help out. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to let you know, this is like some of the town. This is not me. I mean, you guys yeah. seem like good guys to me and I'm, I don't doubt your intentions, but... So, so the some of the town has uh, uh, found a hole to poke in our story. Are there the folks in town that uh, will generally lack uh, implausible but sensational accounts and tales? It's it's the same old thing where if somebody doesn't know the full story, they'll just make it up. Yeah, who cares what they think? Um, oh, I just wondered if they were the same sort of uh, folk who uh, were more likely to uh, tell fanciful tales often, or, or perhaps... Uh, engage in sensational gossip. After all, that is uh, sort of our uh, expanded interest uh, now that we are getting a bit beyond anthropology and folklore. Doc, we, uh, we came over here because last time we were here, we kind of got the impression from you that, that you had heard and seen some weird things too. You talked about kids being in accidents and things like that. And when we were uh, when we were in part of our investigation around here, we've heard other stories like that. Uh, some of them pretty disturbing. That uh, some of the the boys in town get up to some pretty uh, weird things. Uh, one of the the people that we spoke with said they caught some of the kids um, skinning a cat. Mm. Have you had any unusual behavior from the children that you've treated? Weird stuff like that? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think I've already told you before that, you know, there, there seems to be an unusual... The children tend to have accidents happen to them. Um, but nothing... Nothing really like what you're suggesting. Well, that's that's you know kind of we're we're getting this strange impression that could some of these accidents have been caused by other children, and that's why their parents kind of cover it all up. I mean, kids will be mean to one another. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I would argue with that. Um, but what you're suggesting, like physical and bodily harm or worse? Yeah. Well, how often, Doctor, have you treated children for non-fatal injuries which seemed unusual? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess that's hard to define because when you say unusual, I mean, uh, you know, what, what's the criteria for unusual, you know, like Mr. Tug here just came in and claimed he fell down the steps. Is that unusual? You know, I'm not sure. Well, for him it is, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, a child injured with a weapon of some kind, uh, whether improvised or actual, that would be, I would expect that would be unusual. Uh, Injured with a farming implement, maybe. Injured with a hunting knife or even a pocket knife. Uh, not quite so common. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you can see he's struggling because it's like. Or any, or any injured children who might have seemed. Uh, too composed or too distressed? I don't, I don't think so. I, th I think, you know, it's a small town, you know what I mean? Like, the, well, exactly. The, I, I thought you'd be likely to remember something so striking. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Nothing has been really striking to me, I guess. Um, you know, somebody comes in with a broken arm, I fix it. They fell out of the top part of the barn. You know, I don't tend to ask too much questions and I don't tend to assume that there's something unusual going on. So unless somebody comes out and tells me that, you know, you know, so. Of course, Doctor, I, I was, I was supposing that if there was anything uh, strikingly amiss, it would have stood out to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Danny's just remembered we've got our psychologist friend with us, so he introduces is it, him is it to the Drake? doc. Is that his name? Jeff? Mm -hmm. Drake? Yep. Yeah. David Drake. Yeah. Uh, so we introduce him as another professional mm, okay. to the doctor. Sure. And kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting the feeling we're maybe barking up the wrong tree. So um, I ask, um, there was something else that came to our attention. You may remember Mr. Cratchit. Um, I believe he passed away some time ago. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, was there... What was the kind of circumstances with his death? Well, all right. So I guess maybe that would fall under the unusual category. Although, I don't know. Maybe it was... That's just... That's what I mean. It's a difficult... Um, I don't have really much details to share with you other than his body was found in the, um, what do you call it, the pigsty. Mm. So he was rather mutilated. Yeah. Chewed up. Yeah. Mm. So, I, you know, that's what I mean. Like, would you consider that unusual or was that just a farming accident? Well, we believe that his wife thought there was something suspicious. Although oh. I, I don't think maybe the townspeople know that. I don't think I knew that. Well, maybe you can tell us, Doctor, how unusual is it for someone in this town to uh, fall? Uh, well, that's just it. Uh, were you able to tell whether he was uh, dead when he fell in or 
what uh, what actually killed him. Um. So I don't actually know the answer to that. I don't. I don't know that you could know the answer. The pigs would have picked no. him up. Well, all we really know is nobody saved his bacon, so he's dead. Oh. You know. Oh, Danny, you're so hammy. You chased Jasper away. And the dog. The dog left. <laughs> well, Doctor, can... perhaps we've yeah. uh, perhaps we've uh, drive your attention into the uh, unduly morbid uh, sufficiently, at least for today. Uh, I do hope, though, that if uh, anything comes to your mind that was unusual that you might have forgotten, uh, you might... Uh, Stop by and let us know where we're staying in the same rented uh, house that we were before. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but you'll probably see us uh, about town. Uh. Doc, here's the thing. For whatever reason, all of our experience with you is that you seem very trustworthy. And we would like to be able to convene with you some of the things that we find. Because we do think something weird and fishy is going on here. We don't know what it is. But there's there are people in this town that we don't trust. Mm. And we would like you to keep it to yourself, everything that we say to you. And if you hear anything, tell us. And we'll see if we can get to the bottom of this weirdness that's going on in your town. Yeah, okay. Can I ask... Oh, uh, chemicals in the water. <laughs> Well, yes, that's just it, Doctor. Uh, before, uh, as you know, this was a matter of uh, university interest, uh, student research, uh, and of course there, there was some sponsorship, uh, but now we are, our curiosity has expanded to a more scientific direction. I'm sure Dr. Drake can uh, vouch for the uh, professional quality of this uh, expedition. So of course we are keeping keeping this in full confidence, uh, both because we're looking into uh, unusual matters, uh, but of course also because of the uh, proprietary nature of the research. Uh, I'm sure that you can be confident that uh, anything you tell us, if you uh, would like to be credited for it, uh, well, we can assure uh, that's the case. But if you'd also like to avoid being credited for it, uh, that's similarly the case. This is this is not a question of our needing to uh, publish all of our sources for academic purposes. What we're interested in is the information. Okay, no, understood. Um, so just to be clear, especially the way you were just talking there, um, Jerry. Um, so you you just referred to him as Dr. Drake, right? So you you made it clear as to what his status is and what. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, I'm just curious. Do you guys remember what the doctor thought, like when you were asking him about weird going ons before? So do any of you remember what camp I, the doctor was in? I, I uh, think the doctor was ter was was terribly over impressed with us when we met him before. Was he? No. See, I, I recall him thinking this whole like folklore thing was kind of superstitious and maybe a bit silly, uh, but there was the weird thing about uh, you know the calf being buried. Uh, but uh, it's he he seemed more like the uh, rather skeptical. But he also told us that the, 
that the percentage of children who have died in this yeah. town is way too high. Yeah. Like he knows something weird's going on, but he certainly didn't suggest some supernatural or folkloric explanation. Right. Oh, well, Super. I hope he doesn't think that as folklorists, we think any of this is real. I, I know that we do think it's real, but I don't think that he thinks that he, that we would think. We right. are calling ourselves folklorists. Right. <laughs> but he might think that there's a real explanation, and perhaps right. now. Uh, perhaps it perhaps it's of some use to uh, Im imply to him that we're doing professional scientific research, not just collecting stories so that we can say, right. you know, Jones said this and how quaint and weird, you know. Well, I, I so, doctor, what's all your what's your take on all this nonsense? Do you do you think it's uh, what do you think is at the root of it all? Something environmental. See now, I'm put in a tough spot. What? I'm playing the skeptic. Yeah. No. No, you you're fine. It's a it's um, a it's a strategic move. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then I'm going to choose. Who's feeling lucky? Okay. Well, since 1993, sorry. I'm pretty lucky. Go ahead, Tug. Do an idea roll. We almost never rolled dice, so <laughs> I forget to get my dice out. He, he said he felt lucky, not, not sensible. <laughs> uh, I got I felt sensible 17, which I think is... Oh, I don't know. It doesn't show you on luck. Um, oh, okay. idea. I got 64 luck, so I got a 17. I think that's a hard, isn't it? Yeah. Idea, idea wrong. No, uh, knowledge. Oh, knowledge? Oh, that I'm not so good on. <laughs> you can still keep your roll. A 17 oh. should still be good, right? I got a 16. <laughs> it was meant to be. Slightly more intelligent than you are lucky. Yeah, I've only got a 45 intelligence. <laughs> I'm sending you a message. Okay. Funk. Yeah. Um, now, wait, before you say something. Now, this is your opportunity for Tug to be more intelligent than everybody else and don't tell us. I say, a thought has come to my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm at the moment. I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Sure. So Jasper, to get back to your question, he um, he kind of like uh, shuffles some paper around, tries to look busy, adjusting Tug's nose. Um, but he says, "Yeah, he says, I I tend to agree. I I think it might just be." the nature of a small town and gossip travels and I mean, environmental, if you want to call it that. You're probably right. But you see, I mean, as, an, as anthropologists, this is, this is equally of, of interest to us. If there's, if there's some, um, if there's some element of this local culture, this local society that lends itself to, to perpetuating that kind of behavior, then, um, 
We we could write a very interesting paper on that. Yeah, that sounds that does sound interesting. I mean, I get this is like not the doctor speaking. This is more in reality. I guess you guys, as being folklore students, might be more knowledgeable than he was, even though he's in the town full of weirdos, right? Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, so he kind of like looks to you and he says, um, in your experience or from what you've read or studied, I mean, is it strange that a whole town would have this sort of weirdness or gossip, whatever you want to call it? Is it weird that the whole town would be involved or was it more likely that there's like one person who's just spreading rumors and, and you know, trying to just whatever, stir up problems or? Well, I mean, it, it, could be, it could be one person now spreading rumors or it could have been one person, um, one very charismatic person a few generations ago who had a certain way of doing things or uh, encouraged or discouraged certain behaviors in the community. And, and, and that's just left its mark. You know, people let their kids get away with things that maybe other people wouldn't. Or, as you say, it could just be spreading someone spreading um, stories. But even even that's again that's that's of interest to us. I mean, just look at the um, the liars clubs of the last century. I can't. It's help all it. part of folklore, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that now. Well, Doctor, is there one that you? Uh, would suspect this being uh, particularly inclined or driven to gossip and spread rumors. Uh, anyone that you can think of as a, an outstanding source of uh, confabulation. I, I mean, now you now you're saying this. Now that you put it put it in these terms, I can't help but think of that. Uh, I don't even want to call him it, but the newspaper reporter. I mean, he runs that newspaper uh you know he'll, he'll print anything as from what i understand he'll make up things on by his own so i mean i i don't know if he's the source of it all i find that hard to believe but he certainly has his hand in spreading it and so if there was a rumor of any significance popularity or even casual interest it would be likely to uh pass through his printer at some time. I would think so. I mean, he's always looking for something, always looking for a scoop. Well, there certainly were, uh, we didn't have a lot, lot of time to uh, look through his uh, archives before, but there certainly were any number of uh, diverse and bizarre accounts in there. Uh, everything from uh, five different versions of some uh, flying predatory monster to uh, uh, all kinds of uh, vaguely supernatural uh, ghost tales and so on. Sure. But, uh, I mean, maybe that's all this whole folklore thing takes is for one person to not stand up and not say no, you know, as to spreading rumors and, and letting these things spread and create a wildfire is one thing, but well, the thing is, Doctor, that there's always 
there's always people of influence in, in a small community, but uh, for someone to uh, have an unknown influence, especially of a disturbing character, is actually far more unusual. More likely, uh, such a deviant individual would uh, eventually attract uh, disapproving attention. In, fa in fact, I remember there, there is someone in the town who uh, it seemed as though uh, folk kept uh, wanting to uh, accuse her of being a witch, which, uh, well, I have to say, uh, in terms of a uh, in terms of modern folklore, that is uh, rather archaic. There, there aren't too many small towns in this region where anyone still credits that kind of accusation. I mean, sure. Uh, but kids call charm. any old woman a witch. Well, that was what I was about to ask. Uh, is it only kids, daughter, or is there a general perception that uh, Mrs. Bellwether is either figuratively or even somewhat literally a witch? Well, again, that, that's like, it really comes down to who you ask. Yeah, I we mean, talked to Agnes. She's just an old lady. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to be old old people, though, isn't it? And this, I mean, surely people don't really believe in witchcraft. In she's an old, day. old widow. She lives by herself. Um, well, exactly. It's plain to us she's not a witch, but anyone determined that she is might be a person of some interest. I, I'm trying to remember, Jeff, because I might be remembering from another game, but did we determine that there were no Christian symbols inside of her house? Or like other old people, would she have had a cross and a picture of Jesus and praying hands? And I thought I remember Jeff saying that. Eventually, she comes across yeah. to me as just an old yeah. Christian lady we, who thought there were demons in the woods. I'm pretty sure I thought to look, and I think you did too, or somebody did, and but there weren't. But I don't remember. Um, Seems Mr. real familiar. Mr. Wilkins, a question, if I may. Um, when I was reading through the book, Vermont Tales of Witchcraft, um, was there any mention of? Was there a? It's a two-part question. Any mention of this of this uh, region? Or b? Um, did it give any illustrations of any symbols traditionally used by the witches of Vermont? Like the big sign with all the light bulbs around it that says, a witch lives here. Mm. Or anything like that. So, A would be, you're asking about whether or not a specific mention of Cod's Corner, right? That's what you're asking? Yeah, or anywhere, anywhere I would I would recognise as being near Cobb's Corner, which wouldn't be very many places, admittedly. Um, I think you and I have had this discussion before, Brattleboro. Oh, I think we have. Yes. Right? Is that? Or am I mixing? Is there some up? sort of witch trial or something there? Is that what it said? Um. Look in my notes. I'm, I'm partially referring back to, I mean, that's a real town, Brownboro, um, but I'm partially referring back to what we were talking about with Shirley Jackson. Oh, right. Okay. Um, that's kind of what's popping in my mind, which is uh, only about maybe two hours away from here, if that. Right. So that, that's fairly close. Uh, I don't think specifically Cobb's Corner would have been mentioned. Right. Okay. Uh, symbols, I think just all the usual that you would come to expect. Right. Like, a, yeah, so I, I would, 
if she was a witch, I wouldn't think of her as having any of those things on her walls. So maybe, so I'll, I'll give you this part of it. Um, maybe. I don't remember, so I, I actually don't remember either. Um, don't you also have like a bunch of like herbs and stuff? Yes. But, so lots of, yeah, but that's not that weird. Yeah. So I'll just say. In the I, I mean, as surely as I mean, as folklorists, as, as anthropologists and folklorists, we we probably, I assume, be be of the opinion that that kind of, um, you know, witchcraft is is just ninety percent herbalism and folk medicine. Right. It's herbal medicine. We got no problem. So it's not. It's not for for us. It's not a particularly. Um, offensive term to say, oh, that woman's a, a witch. I mean, that's just making me think she knows, knows a load of old traditional cures and she might be worth But we'd also be aware that when local people accuse somebody of being any type of witch, that this is almost certainly meant poorly. <laughs> Like this no. is not. A... Well, it's, I mean, it's it's really traditionally it's, all, it's almost a, a, a euphemism for unmarried woman, isn't it? So I mean, that's unmarried right. old. Woman. And if if this were the if this were the Christian South, and she was an herbalist, they'd call her a healer woman. You know, they they wouldn't really have any problem exactly. with herbalism. Is this when they'd say witch? They think that you were worshiping the devil naked in the woods. Yeah. At night, exactly, and they don't. Think yeah, it's a cut. pretty serious. She's a. They just uh, don't say the B word. <laughs> I mean, if if hoodoo is southern, is is, I'm, I'm not so great on American ge geography, but um, New England is that northern enough to be in the sort of really powwow zone? It's right above it is Maine, which yeah. is the northernmost. All right, sure. It's kind yeah, of, we're, it's we're, definitely we're territory. Far, far, far enough, far enough north that that might even seem a bit. I don't know, more in the Pennsylvania, New York direction. But yeah, it would could still be up here, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, Doctor, uh, there's something else, and um, there's no particular reason uh, we think you'd be more likely to notice it than someone else. But just because you, uh, because you're aware of our. Uh, Finding, uh, finding Emily, of course, uh, we're, we're still curious about that whole uh, mystery. Uh, and certainly, certainly that indicates that something most unusual is going on here. Whether or not uh, it has anything to do with uh, child death statistics or uh, local gossip, uh, her circumstances were. Uh, I want to whisper something to Danny. Okay. And her circumstances were extraordinarily disturbing. And so that is something, uh, of course, that we would be interested in following up on. Uh, not to mention that you uh, have told us that some, some of the local uh, gossip mill has somehow uh, implicated us in the matter. Have you ever seen anywhere around town, uh, I don't know, marked anywhere or anyone uh, wearing uh, this symbol? Uh, Jeff, I draw him the pentagram in the circle. Uh, now, is it, it's important that uh, the, the point would be down. Otherwise, it's probably just decorative. 
Uh, but have you ever taken note of this in anywhere particular? Let the dice decide. Uh, he just frowns and says, I don't recall seeing that myself, no. Well, it's, it's probably nothing. I, I, I just, I suppose I have a theory that uh, any time such a, any time such a aberrant behavior as uh, Emily must have uh, encountered uh, occurs in a, in a small town where there's already a great deal of uh, superstitious folklore well, chances are there there may be some relation, not not to uh, an uncanny explanation, but rather to uh, beliefs of some disordered mind, or at least uh, uh, at least uh, this seems to be the uh, notion of some of the more contemporary alienists. Uh, Dr. Drake, perhaps uh, perhaps you uh, know a bit more about such things. Uh, I've only encountered them in in passing, uh, but even in anthropological folklore, there are always accounts of uh, extreme deviation being associated with the uh, darker superstitions. Yeah, he, he's just going to confirm what you just said. He's not going to add to it. Okay. Um, yep. So. I am going to uh, Look over at uh, Danny, uh, now that I've whispered in his ear, and I'm going to look over at uh, Doc Drake, whatever his name is, and, and kind of go to Danny Go. Danny takes his pistol out. No! <laughs> I'm not sure if this is going to work. <laughs> Those are the um, best kinds of plans. Go ahead. I, I, I think I just say to the doctor, the, the medical doc, I say, um, you know, our doctor Drake here uh, is fully aware of some of the strange goings on, and in different in different places, not not here at Cobb's Corner, but has been involved with an organization that uh, has dealt with some strange stuff going on elsewhere. So um, am I heading in the right direction, Tug? I wanted you to take him outside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you just whisper that to me then. No, I, 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 it's too late at this point. Okay. Um. Uh, I, I look at the doc and I just say, Doc, you know, we can come back later and chat with you if you want. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to chalk that up to an awkward miscommunication. Okay. Um, well, how, how's the doctor looking? I mean, does he look like he's interested in talking to us or does he look like he's kind of bored of this tangent or like he's done with Tug's nose or what? Yeah, let's do let's do this. 
Let's go, guys. Let's go. We shouldn't bother the doctor anymore. He fixed my nose. Well, well why don't I just head out with our psychologist and, and uh, let you get your nose fixed up, you know? Fine with me. That's fine. Okay. That's what you intended anyway, right? Yeah. Um, Jasper, do a 1d3. 1d3. I put a three, and I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper to to Jerry uh, if Danny and the doc are walking outside. Danny says loudly as we walk out, "Let's go and investigate other strange things, Doctor." <laughs> <laughs> he just smiles. Okay, let's go. I've got the feeling our psychologist is actually doing a case study on all of us. <laughs> Flips open a notebook. Danny Roberts. Prone to changing his mind often. So, yeah, Danny and the doctor leave the office. Um, Jasper, what would you like to do? Stick around or leave? Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll stick around with, uh, with Tug. Um, D Danny, uh, on, on your way out, could you just check that the Rex is all right? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'm sure we'll only be a minute. And then, Jerry, are you exiting with the doctor, or are you staying with the doctor? No, I'm... I'm... I'm Tug was just talking to me, so I'm still here. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So as all soon right. as they've gone out of the room, I see yeah. Doc... I, I wanted to get them outside because when we were here last time, you kept talking about the vampires and the stuff that was going on with the guy who owned the house that we were staying in, mm -hmm. wife, that whole thing. And I figured you didn't want to say anything in front of the, the shrink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I appreciate your, um, being aware of that, yes. Uh, uh, we didn't really think about that, but uh, really, the other doc, Doc Drake, is—he's aware. He's—he's he's not so much thinking that we're nuts. He's thinking that we're onto something. So he's—he's he's not the kind of—he's not the kind of psychologist, uh, doctor who is uh, in the business of uh, reducing everything to. Uh, some kind of a hysterical neurosis. He's uh, very well informed of a variety of uh, mythic traditions and uh, unusual circumstances, and uh, very much invested more in research than in uh, treating uh, whatever uh, passes for mental disturbance. In, in any case, now is there anything that you want to talk to us about? Because there is some weird stuff going on in this town that you don't want to reveal in front of the, the head shrinker. Well, that's, that's what, I mean, I, I know you guys might trust him, but this is the first time I've met him. So right. I'm, I understand. Yeah, totally get it. Yeah. So, so, but when, when you were asking earlier, Jerry, about it, like unusual, that's what I had told you before was, I think there's something weird going on and I think there's some weird vampire stuff happening. I mean, there's, I got garlic in my jar over there next to the tongue depressors. I mean. Most doctors don't have that. Well, so if 
if that answers your question about weirdness, then yes. Oh yes, I suppose it does. And uh, certainly we're aware of the, the prevalence of uh, vampire lore and of everything you uh, told us. Doc, um, I, I think too that there's more than vampires and just children being mutilated or, or, or damaged or people dying. There's other things here as well. I mean, like, I, have I been right? He's all like, he's partially scared. He's partially excited. Like, is he right? There's, well, Doctor, if you think there's something monstrous at work, then you are certainly correct. As to whether or not it is vampires as, as you or any folklorist would understand them remains a very much an open question. When, after we were here last, you probably heard uh, shortly after we found the girl that something happened at the place where we were staying. Um, not to not to go into all of the boring details, but we were attacked. We were attacked by something while we were in that house. Some things. And we were highly convinced that some of our friends were changed in some way. And when we got back to the university, that was confirmed. There was some very strange stuff going on. And we think we got to the bottom of it, but just as we thought we were there, the whole school went bananas. We think that these people slipped drugs into our food. There were there were fires, there were shootings. I don't know if you get the news from... I think I heard about that on the radio. You look it up in the Miskatonic. There was some very strange stuff going on. And we think that... Uh, we later, uh, we found uh, some more people who were studying this. And while we were with them, we were attacked by something. I, I think the garlic's a good idea. And I think that you should keep a gun there because there is some weird stuff going on here. We're, we're now trying to figure it out. So just think we you should know that because we kind of trust you yeah no he's um he's very he's very appreciative he's excited he's scared uh it's like us whole all these different emotions are flood floating around um and doctor don't uh don't assume that anything you might know from local folklore tradition would uh exactly apply to whatever it is you might encounter. I myself uh, made that mistake a couple of times in the course of our investigation and uh, was sometimes pleasantly surprised at uh, what ordin perfectly ordinary bullets can do and in other occasions remain bewildered concerning even the very nature of what we have encountered. So and I'm of a mind... Tug suggestion is a good one. Keep yourself well armed. I'm of a mind that these things exist, whatever they are, and the names that we've labeled them, whatever, vampires, werewolves, ghosts, monsters, demons, you can't go by that. I mean, whatever the thing is might come in here and garlic might have no effect. That That's an old myth. 
but there is definitely something. So I'd, I'd rely on your gun before I rely on the garlic. Yes, you can, one thing uh, I think we're all certain of, uh, you, can be, uh, you can be comfortable, well, perhaps comfortable isn't the right term, uh, but you, uh, you need not be concerned that there is some conflict between an instinct toward the irrational and your scientific mind. Simply assume that there are as yet unresearched and unrecognized entities with capabilities well beyond what we scientifically understand thus far. But also be confident that so far we've discovered that uh, nearly all of them can be shot dead. Um, you work with the people in this town. Have you noticed anything odd or religious or strange that's kind of outside the normal Christian thing? I mean, we know there's a church, but you weren't born and raised here, were you? Um, no, I was not. I've been here for 12 years. 12 years. Well, prior to that, I mean, I'm sure you're fam familiar with the way Christians act and do things. Because for all we know, there could be some sort of a underground religious body that's here. That uh, Because I'm not sure that there's not conspiracies going on here between groups of people. Well, that's right. Since, uh, since Tug has uh, elaborated, we sh I should probably indicate, in case you do see it, uh, the, uh, the symbol I drew for you, we found it uh, painted uh, inside uh, where we uh, recovered Emily. Um, it looked to me like a graffiti or, or perhaps uh, vandalism in its style, uh, and especially given what we heard about uh, juvenile sadism and delinquents, that would uh, be unsurprising. But I find it troubling that any, well, really anyone in this town, young or old, would be versed enough even with the simple form of this sign. Uh, it isn't as though the, uh, isn't as though the one-room schoolhouse uh, keeps itself uh, stocked with uh, books on demonic folklore and diabolical superstitions. Now, I, I have yet myself to understand how those superstitions tie together with what we have observed, but I don't know. It, it, uh, as an anthropologist, it seems to make complete sense to me that uh, any small group of people that encountered something sufficiently beyond their ken could well revert to venerating it as if it were some kind of... Uh, God or spirit, why even even islanders have uh, been known to uh, venerate westerners as gods because they don't understand uh, ships and guns. So who knows how people in a small town or any town would react to some of the things we've seen under the wrong circumstances. It was odd. <laughs> that it was. So, And as far as uh, our colleagues from the university we, we did we noticed uh, striking changes of personality and disposition uh, I suppose you would notice something like that in a patient but I think you're right not to put much trust in well at this point really anyone in the town 
I would suggest that when a patient comes in to talk to you that you're familiar with, bring up some old memory with them involved and see if they remember it too. Because one of these kids in question, I knew pretty well. And when I brought up something, he didn't know what I was talking about. He also developed the ability to speak German, which he didn't speak before. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so as, as remarkable as it sounds, Doctor, it seemed to us that their minds had been either replaced or somehow. Yeah, over. let's not get into the really weird stuff with the doc. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to shorten this up a little bit. Uh, you guys are dancing all around it, and you're giving him all these little clues and hints about what you've been through. Not once has anybody said the word aliens. Are you spilling the beans to the doctor? Are you like just? Um, uh, actually, Jeff, I was just about <laughs> I was just about to volunteer. Uh, Something like that, actually. I don't I'm know. If, do we have the word? Is it, if the word aliens is handy, I would have no problem saying it. I wasn't sure if that was okay. Uh, and I'm holding back. I wasn't sure that was an anachronism, but I figured there's a point where we can say the words where the doc's going to sort of go, "Okay, you're bullshitting." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's going to dismiss everything that we've said. What the hell? What I, well, maybe I maybe I can say say this, Jeff. Um, Doc. Uh, since we know that uh, the things we have encountered are, are very much uh, flesh, if, well, ironically to your concern of vampires, if not blood, uh, they, uh, well, they're very much inhuman and very alien to the, uh, the science and uh, society that we uh, know thus far. It would be easy enough to think that, uh, as Tug said earlier, that uh, mythic accounts of vampires and demons could derive from such things. Uh, but uh, it could just as, uh, just as well be that there are many, many beings alien to our knowledge. Uh, their, their place of origin is unknown, but they, uh, they are clearly present here, and they are clearly have been present here for some time. So we better, we better skedaddle, or they're going to start to think that we're... <laughs> This is the point at which they told. Well, you're right, Tug. And, Get the uh, hell out I think of my office. I think we've told. Uh, I think we've told the doctor uh, everything we can about our observations. But doctor, I'll say this: if you're if you're really interested in hearing the uh, hearing detailed accounts of of what we have encountered, uh, perhaps sometime when you're not uh, here in your office. Uh, and when you're in the right frame of mind, uh, we'd be happy to share with you uh, these details. But again, we do hope you'll remain closely observant uh, now that some of your suspicions have been confirmed. Okay. Out of game, out of game I just want you guys to say they're meagle and they're giant flying lobsters and run out, run out of the office. <laughs> the giant flying lobsters! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so when we leave, do we see Danny and uh, Dr. Drake still in the road, or have they gone somewhere else? Yeah, they're they waiting for us. They're at the bottom of the steps with Rex. Space me. 
we're um, we're counselling the dog, make sure he's all right. Sick. Why oh. are you doing? Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Oh, Tell well, you take a done it again. If you well, we're talk to now. imaginary dog and wake up real dog. <laughs> Did you hear me saying you can no. take three hit points back? I don't know how many he lost, but that's why I hold that's why I had Jasper oh. roll. How about my nose? Yeah, that's what I mean. You get the three hit oh, points for, okay. you, for him fixing your nose. I don't know how many points you took. Can you go over your hit points? Uh, I don't think so. Alright, so I'm back to normal. It was just a it was just a nose wound. Can you, can you well, I believe that? last, I, I believe, gentlemen, before we uh, took this uh, detour for Tug's nose repair, we had decided that we uh, needed to find that widow before rumors of our presence and peculiarity uh, ensure that she's even less likely to speak to us. So perhaps we should proceed with that. Out of the game for a moment. I thought we decided that there was nothing to talk to her about. Well, I think I think uh, Jerry's talking about the the letter, Mrs. Cratchit. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Is that, is that right? I was thinking of the other woman, a bellwether. Okay, sorry. Is that, is that right, George? Yes, correct. Okay, yes, you're correct. I was wrong. Right, so we know where to find her. Yeah, we've got her address on a note. Well, uh, I think we should uh, waste no more time in taking ourselves there. Okay. That's actually outside the town, isn't it? Yeah, she's on the outside, outskirts. Oh, Tug, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't understand your, your look there. Oh, I, think I, I didn't write it. I didn't whisper everything because I was afraid to reveal that I, th I think we should just leave the psychologist behind. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot watch. of stigma with psychologists, so... He, he can watch the dog. <laughs> if he thinks I'm crazy, then he'll lock me up, you know. Scary thing is, is that he could lock me up if he thought I was crazy. Um, but Dr. Drake, if you're comfortable with it, uh, perhaps we can begin introducing you uh, in either a more general or a more particular way. After all, your Involvement in this research project is surely not to uh, uncover garden variety uh, neurosis and hysteria. Perhaps, uh, perhaps there's a better way to present your expertise. Um. We could always make him an investigator. And uh, if we're going to help this woman discover about her husband's death. He's older than us. He could just be a teacher. Yeah. Call him professor. Okay. He's okay with that. I mean, he's, I'll leave it up to you guys. You know, if you feel like you need to use okay. it, use it. If you don't, don't. That's all. No. Um, I will say this, though. As you're exiting the doctor's office, uh, Danny, you look up and you see the newspaper reporter guy approaching you guys. Uh, ah. Watch what you say, guys. Here's the storyteller. Uh-oh. Uh, why don't why don't we make an why don't we make an appointment to meet with him later? I switched the safety off my pistol in the pocket. Please. <laughs> and what time what time is it now, Jeff? 
Oh, I'm just going to, I lost track of time. So I'm just going to say this was the next day. So we'll say that you talked to the doctor in the morning. Yeah. Um, we talked to the, we talked to the teacher. In yeah. The, oh, no, this we was talked to the, the teacher when school oh. got out. Yeah. You went yeah. up to the woods. So this was the night. evening by now. So this right. we, we went straight to the doctor. So this is right. probably toward the end of his, probably maybe even the end of his day. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what was this reporter's name again, Jeff? Find right now, I think it was Wendell. Yeah, well, yeah. Sounds right. Richard Wendell. Richard Wendell. Richard, Richard, Richard. 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 Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wendell, good evening. Yeah, he, he uh, catches your eye and he, he immediately takes out his little notepad with his pencil or pen up in his cap. We were hoping we might be able to arrange to uh, meet you for dinner a little while later. Do you think you'd be uh, agreeable to that? Sure, sure. Let me just ask you real quick then, what, what brings you back into town with this whole... Uh... Well, uh, we'll tell you all about it over dinner. Uh, uh, where, where would you prefer? Perhaps uh, the diner? Sure, sure. Well, see you there. And I just start heading in the direction that I think we were supposed to go, even though I have no idea which direction that is. I pick one that looks good. Well, and I'm going to say to him as I walk by, I'm going to say, like, if you can, bring any weird pictures that you've taken lately. Okay. Dragons or fairies or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, okay. You managed to dodge him. Well, we dodged him by saying that we'll have dinner with him and tell him everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe not dodge is the right word, but postpone maybe? Postpone, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I guess at some point I'll notice which way we're supposed to be going because Danny's the one who's got the address. So. <laughs> sure, okay. Yep. All right. Um, now, I asked you, I remember trying to give you a heads up earlier. So I remember pointing out to the fact that her tone of the letter, she's very upset with you guys, not necessarily you in general, but yeah. students say. Um, so did you guys, do you want to talk now on the car ride over? Yeah. Approach her? Yeah. How do you want, just going to storm in? Like, what, how, give me a... Did we well, get my, the idea that we were going to let her believe that we are investigating the wrongful yes. death of her husband? Yes, I yeah, believe that was yeah. our intention, and uh, in some sense we are, so that's and to bring more that's true. So basically we're going to confirm to her suspicion that there was foul play, and we're here to help try and work it out. Mm -hmm. Maybe only a couple of us should go in to make her feel a little bit more, um, it could be a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch Rex. Five, like five, five men go, go storming in. I'll stay with Rex. Rex is cool. Okay. Well, I, I was thinking we could just send Rex in to interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go on, boy. <laughs> and roll, interview. Roll, roll in the hay. <laughs> the only thing Rex knows, though, is when he comes out, he'd say, Timmy's in the well. <laughs> <laughs> Rex, Rex, my he husband just died, and I don't know where he is. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> well, Doctor, given our given our intentions, it sounds like you will uh, have an opportunity to uh, 
be officially an investigator before uh, becoming our new uh, university instructor. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, so upgrade uh, to my pay or a downgrade book. Well, I suppose that depends on how successful the investigation. Well, we also have to come up with a, a cover story for if, if that's what we're investigating. We have to be private investigators. Which we are. Because she could say, are you with the police department? We have to say no. You know. I think, I think we could use this current story, which is we're investigating strange goings on, and we understand that there's a suspicion around her husband's death rather than we've been hired specifically to, you know, right. look, look into her husband. Correct. Um, but basically that we're already gives going us an on. opportunity to mention uh, other suspicious deaths. Yeah, true. Well, do you think that we could tell her that um, a certain young man in uh, Miskatonic committed suicide and amongst his effects was this letter from her, uh, which uh, is part of, is just another piece of evidence that we have that something foul mm -hmm. was going on. Yeah. And that's that may, how we know about it. Perhaps, uh, perhaps we should share that if it becomes uh, apparent that she requires some explanation of how we know about it. It would be quite interesting if she volunteers or generate some other reason why she assumes that we know about it. But it's certainly good to have uh, an explanation ready to hand. Actually, Tugger, are you really sure you want to wait with Rex? Uh, Jasper, you do seem, well, a bit young to be a private investigator. Yeah, uh, I, think like with, Rex. I think me walking in with my face all bandaged up is freaky enough. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, um, I, I don't mind. I'll, I'll stay outside and play, play fetch with Rex. Well, I'm not sure any of us should be uh, by ourselves, so I was wondering maybe uh, if, if you were going to wait with, uh, with Rex anyway, Tug, whether or not uh, maybe you and Jasper should stick together. It would be, <laughs> it would be dismaying for any one of us uh, to go missing alone. Uh, yeah, I'll be fine. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit on the porch with the dog. I'll scream, I'll, I'll yell bloody murder and, and cut, kill whatever comes at me with a knife before uh, <laughs> before you, you'll, you'll hear me. <laughs> so that's going to leave Danny and Jerry to go in and talk to Mrs. Cratchit, right? With uh, our uh, senior investigator. Oh, with the doctor? Okay. Yeah. All right. Are we there yet? Um. Okay. Yep. That's fine. Yep. You pull up to the address. Uh, nice, small uh, farmhouse. The yard and like it looks like at one time there was a nice tended garden out front. Not garden, but like flowers, you know, shrubbery. Um, but all that seems to be overgrown. Um, So what are we saying? We're saying it's uh, not quite dinner time yet. So I'll just say 4.30. Um, so yeah, so what do you want to do? Approach the house? Um, so do we notice that a car? Yeah, there's a, um, there's actually a old pickup truck there. Uh, I 
any lights on. Mm, it's probably not dark enough for lights. Not yet. dark enough to need that. Um, are there animals? Nope. Are there insects? Okay. Yes. Okay, so up, go up and chat the door. Okay. And uh, just wait for a reply if there's anyone around. Let me let me ask a real quick. Uh, real quick, what was the lady's name, Danny? You have the letter, right? Uh, Mrs. Cratchit. Cratchit, yeah. Amelda Cratchit. Right. And her husband was uh, Jethro. Jethro. Right. Jethro Cull. Let me just. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say anything. So the you other guys, guys are in the car. You guys are getting yourself into this mess. I'm not getting you out of it. Uh, knock on the door. You wait for a normal amount of time, and there's no answer. Hmm. Is it like a working farm? Or is it just an old farmhouse? It's just an older farmhouse. Do we hear anything? Uh, do a listen all. It's also Danny. September, so... I just shout over to the guys. Have a look about, guys, and we can't. We're not getting an answer here. Uh, I rolled a ninety-nine. Okay. That's bad, isn't it? You like, hear Danny. I hear what? You hear oh, Danny okay. heavy breathing. I failed by seven, but I could put some luck onto it if you want. Um. I'll just say you heard some sort of movement, but not nothing specific beyond that. So there's, right. there's something or somebody in the house. Behind the door. Okay, well, maybe go back over to the door and shout. Mrs. Cratchit, are you in? Are you home? Okay. Um, again, it seems to be taking a little bit longer time, but eventually you hear some more movement, somebody's like, walking on the floorboards, getting to the door, and uh, a woman opens the door, and she kind of like half opens it, and she like looks out, and she's like, yes, can I help you? Uh, sorry to disturb you, Mrs. Cratchit. Um, you don't know us, but uh, we know of yourself, and um, regrettably, your husband's passing. Um, we're actually investigating some things in the area that um, have come to our attention including, we believe, uh, some suspicion around how your husband died. I wonder if you would be able to help us. We believe there's possibly been some foul play. Hmm. Okay. And we really want to be of help to you if we can to find the truth of the circumstances that surrounded his passing. She's, um, while I think about that, she's dressed in a all black dress. Mm. Um, her hair is like pulled back into like a small bun and it's all kind of like frazzled a little bit. Like it's been not kept up per se. Um, her face she would, she, like, underneath of her looking uh, worn down, um, looking a little bit on the beat-ups, not physically beat-up, but, like, just worn down, beat-up. Um, underneath of all that, she's probably quite an attractive young woman. 
Um, how how old, how young are we talking about? She's twenty four. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Um, Not bad for Abadu. She's got honey blonde yeah. hair, green eyes, beauty mark on the left cheek. Um, she's looking at you very cautiously. Uh, the fact that you're leading right off the bat with mm -hmm. talking about her husband. Sure. She wasn't expecting to answer the door and deal with those emotions. So mm -hmm. she's very... You know, this is, just this is good. Yeah, so we understand that uh, we understand that this uh, would be a, a distressing and uh, and troubling time. And and once again, we are very sorry to uh, have disturbed you. But given our uh, broader concerns and and given the fact that your uh, your own misfortune and and of course your late husband's misfortune are uh, maybe by no means unique. Uh, well, it is uh, important that we. Uh, we learn what we can and, and what you recall uh, soon, uh, really as soon as, as possible, especially considering that, uh, well, as I said, this uh, circumstance uh, may not be a unique one. And well, I'm sure you understand that there may be, uh, there may be others uh, either in this uh, town or region who, uh, may be vulnerable to such misfortunes as yourself. So uh, if this is not a bad time, uh, we were hoping that we could uh, speak to you at least briefly. All right. Um, I mean, if I have to make myself more charming by rolling dice, I'm certainly prepared to do that. And it would be second nature to Jerry to be charming to someone in this exact uh, demographic. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> You know, this yeah. is not, Jerry does not really have to put this on very much, you know. Yep, I'm going to ask you for a charm roll or persuade, either one. And same for you, Danny, charm or persuade. Uh, I'll take charm at slightly higher. That's a hard success. Yeah, and me. more fitting to this situation. Oh. Whereas, um, well, maybe Danny's more her type because I just uh, failed by 30. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, man. Um, Tug and Jasper, I'm just curious, some, you drove there, I'm curious, are, were you, maybe I'm misinterpreted, are you like hiding like down the street or no. like just sitting in the driveway? I, I thought I was just going to get out with the dog, let him walk around and. Yeah, I think that's, that's the plan, isn't it? Going on, on a long lead or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, if she looks out and sees us, she'll say, who is that? And they'll just say, it's our friends. Well, uh, maybe a good question is, how long is the driveway? How far would, would they be parked from us at the door? Oh, I think we'd be parked on the street, wouldn't we? I mean, we're... This it's is a, a bit, farmhouse a bit... on the outskirts of town, right? Yeah, I'm kind of... So I think I was more imagining it similar to like the McLaren house where edge of town, farming, yeah. district, long driveway, yeah. dirt driveway leading back to the house. Uh, yeah. That's kind of how I was picturing it. Well, if I mean, if it's that kind of rural thing, I, I think it doesn't look completely out of place to just be standing outside with the with the car, just waiting okay. for just just playing fetch with the dog with a ball or something. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, so she looks at you, Danny, 
and Jerry and the doctor. And she's kind of giving you the, the eyeball, right? She's looking at your head to mm-hmm. toe. And she kind of squints. She's like, you guys look mighty young. Yes, this is, one of, this is one of our senior investigators, Drake. Um, we're actually part of a team, um, Mrs. Uh, Cratchit. We're, we're part of a team, and there's been a number of going... You may have heard about the missing girl a couple of weeks back, the local girl. Um, we were actually the, the folks that found her. She'd come to some harm, and uh, we delivered her to the doctor. Um, is it Esmeralda or something like that? Her name was Emily. 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 Um, so uh, we we were actually the, the the team that that discovered her and and got her out of a difficult situation. Anyway, the we we didn't come entirely regarding your husband's situation, but we did discover. Um, do do we tell her about it later? What do you think? It might be, you know, it's well, kind of... Well, yes, uh, Mrs. Cratchit, this is, this is part of why we're concerned uh, that uh, whatever malfeasance is occurring here may be uh, uh, both a time-sensitive matter and also uh, of continuing threat. Uh, Emily was not recovered wandering the woods. Emily was... Uh, was recovered, uh, bound in an abandoned cabin. The uh, circumstances uh, surely uh, involved uh, the intention to do her to further deliberate harm, and uh, it has yet to come to light who could have been responsible. But uh, whatever mind uh, is involved is severely disturbed. And we want to make sure that in your husband's case that, that justice is served. There may be a person or persons within this community that has ill will. And if you can help us at all, it would greatly help the case. And we would hope that we could help you in some way um, have some peace about the circumstances. Okay. I'll give you $10 if you do. <laughs> Not to mention any uh, possible uh, concerns, uh, well, really uh, for not just uh, the safety of, of those in town, but uh, even your, even yourself, uh, obviously, uh, outside uh, the center of town. Um, any folks uh, living uh, alone or even in, in small groups in uh more rural areas, considering uh, considering how we found Emily. Uh, Let me just jump in, Jerry. You realize you're scaring her to death, right? Yeah, yeah, that would terrify. Well, uh, did you not realize you, that, or did you? No, I, I would like her to. I would like her to not think that she can think it over and talk to the nice investigators later. I would like her to feel like she should learn what's going on, because unless she thinks she's a you know, an awesome shot and wants to deal with like, uh, you know, uh, sadistic murderers wandering the woods, maybe 
maybe a little bit of fear and anxiety will overcome her grief and lack of focus. So yes, that was, okay. that was the idea. But right. I don't want so, her to think we're psychopaths, obviously. You know. <laughs> so so seeing, seeing as Danny is past his charming role, he maybe tries to kind of soften the blow right. a little bit. Right, and, I, and uh, also, Jeff, I was role-playing having failed my charm role. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The dice don't lie, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. I think I would just follow up by saying, have, Mrs. Cratchit, have you felt safe? Um, and, and do you feel okay? you know, safe and would you be happy to talk to us? We really want to get to the bottom of what's been going on. Uh, do I spot hidden, let me ask you first, Danny, and then if you fail, I'll let you, Jerry. Yeah, it's a pass. Yes. So in this course of conversation, you're pretty much standing in her doorway, even though she's got to open just a little bit to, to talk. Uh, you can see over her shoulder that the living room or the parlor that the first room there um it's like mostly bare wooden floors there's mm -hmm. boxes stacked in the corner furniture has been pushed all up into the corner um i'll just leave it at that um so she kind of she opens the door a little bit further and she just kind of looks at you and she's like well i'm not really in a position for hosting guests but um, I don't know, maybe you could tell me more directly what you want from me. Well, okay. most directly. Yeah. Any concerns that you had regarding your husband's passing? Did you have any worries about any involvement of local people or that maybe wished him ill well? Um, and yeah she again she's looking at you get you and jerry up and down she's not really giving much attention to dr drake uh but looking at you too she she's she almost says it with a sneer she's like i think it was somehow related to those kids that came up and visited um, the young the young children if that's what you mean by suspicious that's my suspicions. Oh, yes. No, no, not the young children. That I'm talking about those college kids that came and visited. Do Do you mean you suspect that they uh, did him harm themselves? I don't know if they did it in particular, or if it was because of the questions and type of things that they were going around asking. Well, that is, uh, that's exactly a part of our concern, uh, Mrs. Scratchett. Uh, if there are, if there are persons, even a single person uh, in this town who uh, are engaged in some kind of uh, malevolent activity, then of course, uh, if your husband knew something concerning the matter, and it that became apparent, that very easily uh, could have uh, put him in harm's way. It and was it, um, Blaine. Was it not Blaine in the letter? Is that right? Yeah. yeah, so I, I, just, I just say Blaine's name. Well, we had we had concerns about Blaine from the university. He was involved with some of the students, and um, we believe that he was involved in some strange going on. When you say his name, you can notice. You know, I'm not going to even make you roll for this. She mm -hmm. tightens her fists, her hands and fists. At he also took his own life. 
or it appeared that way. There's no emotional response to that. Okay. So uh, your your conviction in this uh, regard and your suspicions, uh, of course, uh, give us the clear sense that uh, that the instinct that there is uh, some kind of foul play must be correct, and that uh, almost certainly your husband, uh, whether he knew he knew of it or not, he knew something that uh, was of significance to someone. And it would not be the first time that uh, some kind of uh, amateur or academic investigation uh, failed to recognize the uh, sensitivity of that kind of situation. We are here to, uh, well, first to uh, resolve uh, whatever the matter might be, and, and secondly, to rectify that if, uh, if possible. Um, she looks at you, she says, what was it again, Mr. Dorn? Uh, Jerry, I, uh, sorry, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, I didn't actually introduce myself. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to be sure that sh that I'm correct as a player to perceive that she knows my name without being told it. Is that what happened here? Well, I, I, I guess I was opening the door to see how, did you guys, did you introduce yourselves or not at all? I don't recall introducing myself. Okay. No. Uh, oh, does she uh, still I, say that, though? Does she still call me Mr. Dorn? Danny, did you want to... Uh, I, mean, I would have just thought the, the etiquette of the time would probably be, you know, hello, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I did say we were investigators. I didn't specifically say our names, but... Mm -hmm. um, she's, not, she's not reading your mind. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> it could be that she knew who... She could be she already knew who we were, which uh, might no, not no, matter. No, no, no. no I was no. just... I was going under the assumption I was okay. opening that door. Uh, well, then if she pauses and says, Mr., I'll just say, uh, Mr. Dorn. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. So then she, she says, Mr. Dorn, uh, I've heard a couple times now the, the word suspicious. Um, what leads you to believe that my husband's death was suspicious? Your own convictions in the matter. I mean, surely, uh, however... However careless uh, an academic uh, investigation by students might be, it normally doesn't uh, result in uh, fatality. The Beyond letter. that, yeah, indeed. Uh, as I said, he uh, either took his own life or it was made to appear that he did so. Uh, in either case, uh, his death uh, counts among uh, suspicious circumstances, uh, although uh, either because he himself was involved in something that would uh, drive a man to uh, suicide or because uh, someone wished to uh, further conceal uh, some manner of evidence. Uh, and, uh, uh, of course, uh, we're not aware of how long you've resided here, but you may be uh, aware of uh, accounts of uh, quite a number of... Uh, quite a, an unusual proportion of uh, deaths of uh, young people. That is peculiar. And uh, as we said, the circumstances in which we recovered uh, 
in which we uh, recovered uh, Emily Braithwaite were deeply disturbing. Uh, there can be no doubt. Uh, of, so, so, uh, I'm, so I'm not. I'm not sure. Are you telling me? Do you have information that can help me? If you if you believe you are under any kind of a, a threat or a danger yourself, then yes. If you are not, then well, we'll still share with you uh, what we know or may suspect. But uh, well, it will be a lot easier to put those pieces together if you're uh, inclined to share either what initially suggested to you that the student investigation uh, precipitated your your husband's misfortune uh, or what it is you believe he knew uh, we can assure you that uh, we're not going to be uh, putting this in some academic paper discussing it at universities or filing it as a report to some uh, curious professor we're here to uh, investigate these events and uh, bring them to a hopefully a swift and safe resolution. I think what I think what we'd like to do, um, sorry, Jerry, um, what we'd like to do, Mrs. Cratchit, is see if there's something that you know would help us discover more. And this, this young man, Blaine, went back to the university where they came from and all sorts of craziness took place. People were harmed. And uh, we believe that he was part of a group and we wonder if perhaps you were aware of any, what your husband's involvement with Blaine was and how that influenced him, because it could really be key in our investigation to find out more. Are you, um, are you friends of this Blaine character? No. No. No, he was highly suspicious. And in fact, the people he was involved with were effectively behaving like our enemies and did great damage to the university. You may have heard about a fire at the university up at Miskatonic. Perhaps not, but there was damage in the university. Are you a friend of Miss Devine? No, she was another one of the group. There was a whole group of suspicious people uh, in the guise of students and we're trying to work out what was really going on. So she, um, she hesitantly invites you in. Um, she says, I don't have really much places for you to sit. One of you can grab that chair over there and bring it in. Um, now that we're inside, Jeff, uh, what are we seeing in more detail? Really just what I told you. So it's, it's just a pretty much, it's an empty room, wooden floors, the rug's been rolled up. Things are just pushed to the corner of the room. Ah, yeah. Um, she sits down, she kind of looks at you guys and she says, well, look, here's, here's what I know. I know that a group of you college kids came up here poking around, asking questions, talking about, I'm not even sure what you were talking about, folklore, monsters, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. My husband, on the other hand, I don't know if that young, attractive girl had some sort of power over him. I don't know. But for whatever reason, my husband took to her and he talked with her and chatted with her and shared things with her. And, and then shortly after that, I know that she went missing 
I know that one of the boys also went missing. And then I know that one of the boys died. Right around the same time, my husband died. So that's my level of suspicion, is that these college kids came up here, poking their noses around, asking questions, and suddenly there's a whole lot of dead people, including my husband. But um, may we ask the circumstances of his death? My husband's death? Yes. He, he was found in the pigsty. He was chewed up and torn to shreds. Did he tell you at any point anything about what the students were doing or what they were involved in? They were, they were talking about folklore and monsters and I, I thought it was a whole bunch of nonsense. Were these uh, matters of particular interest to your husband? Yeah, my Jethro has always been involved and interested in all that. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. That, that's what I mean. I don't know if this divine woman just happened to catch his interests or if there was more to it than that. I'm not sure. I like to think my husband was faithful, but I really don't know. Um she she's pausing and she's thinking because this is all this is all painful for her to be talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but she will tell you that she remembers that her husband had shared some books with Miss Divine and the others, uh, Mr. Blaine, and. Uh, again, she didn't really think much about it. She didn't put put a lot of attention into what all they were talking about. Do you happen to recall the books? Um, it had something to do with my father-in-law. Uh, so it would have been uh, Jethro's father. Uh, his name was Mortimer. Uh, Mortimer was a, excuse me, basically a traveling salesman, and boy, did he have stories. I mean, he traveled up and down the East Coast, and he had stories to the point where he eventually started writing them all down, and he kept a whole bunch of journals, and that's pretty much, as I understand it, what Jethro was sharing with her. Or these uh, stories of his. And um, do any of uh, do you still have any of the uh, collection that he did not loan to Mister Vine? Uh, I might have packed them up already. Um, as you can see, I'm in the process here of moving. I'm getting out of this town. All right. Um, Let's put this to a couple dice rolls. Uh, sorry, Tug and Jasper. Anything you guys want to? Your we're uh, we're picking ticks off the dog. Okay. <laughs> it's loads of fun. Yeah, he's 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 a German Shepherd. To pull his loose hair out and stuff. He was coat of stripping. Bit yeah. of an overhaul. Clean his ears out. He's a good boy. <laughs> Polish his hooves. So let's um, 
let's put it to some dice rolls. Um, luck, I guess. Should we each roll luck? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you each to roll luck. Right. And depending on how you do, maybe Tug or Jasper can roll. Uh, I did really well. I rolled a, a three out of 35. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I got 11 out of 67. Perfect. That's great. So at some point she talks about, you know, maybe not, maybe have packed them away already. Um, so you see her, she gets up and she starts going through some boxes and like I said, she's already kind of frazzled from moving stuff around. So you guys kind of like quick hop to it and jump and help her lift yeah. some of the heavier things and move some boxes over here. And so she, she just kind of steps back and she's like, well, check, check that box over there. And, uh, when you open it, it's a series of about 12 handwritten journals. Wow. Um, the one in particular is one that she remembers Jethro taking out and showing her. Um, and she, she hands it to who wants to take it. Yeah, I'll take it. She hands it to you, Danny. And uh, give me a second here, Jet, uh, Jethro. So as as you guys are searching through boxes, you take the journal, you start to skim through it, I assume. And as she as you're doing all this, she shares a few little stories about her husband very gregarious fellow, uh, learned many tall tales from his grandfather. Sorry, I said father, it was his grandfather. Um, he was originally from St. Peter, uh, Petersburg, Indiana, not St. Petersburg, Indiana. Um, town to town and lots of tall tales. The, the journals, by the way, are labeled the journals of Mortimer R. Pratchett. Um, Jethro would often visit Miss Bellwether, the quote-unquote witch. Uh, they would often swap stories. And Jethro also would visit a close family friend, Alexandru Kuzra. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, Kuzra. Uh, and then occasionally uh, the two of them would sleep, you know, he would spend the night there. Um... Where, whereabouts was that? Was that here in the town? What's that, Alexander? Yeah. He's in another farmhouse. Uh, he's got a working farm, actually, uh, probably about five or ten miles down the road. Um, college students... Oh, that, yeah, okay. That's They really got into talking about Sarah's Shade, which I believe you guys know that story already, so we don't need to rehash that. Um, they were asking him questions about the creatures that lived in the hills. And there was talk she's 
was concerned because she suspects that Miss Divine may have lured Jethro into saying some things with some uh, uh, bottles of moonshine. Um, anything you guys want to follow up on, or I'll just keep going? I, w I wouldn't interrupt her just yet. I might ask a question later. Okay. Okay. Um, I'd ask her how long she lived here. Ooh, I think it's been, yeah, seven years. Well, in those seven years, have you ever, have you ever encountered any anyone or anything you found uh, unusual or disturbing here in town? No, I can't say I have. I, I, I didn't always, I didn't always go for what Jethro was into. He grew up with all those stories. I came from a more practical background. So I just, you know, I let him do what he wanted and I just stayed out of it. Um, Danny, can you do, can you do a library role? Yeah, not, not very good, but I got a hundred, so no, I can't do a thing. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Book, book, book. <laughs> All right. Um, Jerry, how's your library? Uh, it should be uh, pretty good. Um, I don't know. Actually, it's not great. But <laughs> uh, let me take a look, Danny. Um, I dropped that one in my tool. Uh, no, I, I, whatever it is, uh, I don't fumble, but I don't get it. Okay. How about Tug or Jasper? Uh, and you guys can play the role of Dr. Drake here. And this is for... I'm just asking who's got a good library role. I probably don't have as good as Jasper's. Mine, mine's 40. Well, oh, that's mine too. <laughs> but, you're, you're for Dr. but it's for Dr. Drake, right? So we yeah, don't know what his status. Ah. 15. <laughs> There, there we go. That's I'm hard. glad we brought that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard. For his extra dice. So Dr. Drake snatches the book out of it. Give me that book. And he says, this right here, this is what you're looking at. May the 10th, 1853. Finally on my way home again. The sun is shining. Birds are singing. And I am sitting in the most wretched smelling boxcar between here and Vermont. I almost didn't make the train, but was luckily helped aboard by an Indian fella. We spent most of the day talking and swapping stories while a few other passengers lie on the other side of the car, storing, snoring fit to raise the dead. This Indian, I'll call him Hank, as I didn't get his real name, told me a peculiar story. Hank said his people are from the uh, Abenaki, uh, are the Abenakis from the, the Green Mountains in Vermont close to my home in Cobb's Corners. One mountain he mentioned by name was Broken Hill, and I think I recall hearing that name back in my youth. According to Hank, strange critters have been living in the mountains there since before God created man. In fact, he said these creatures don't worship no Christian God. He says they worship other things. 
these creatures don't really bother anybody much as long as folk keep their distance from certain hills where they live. Hank said you can find such places if you know what to look for. Places animals shy from, spooky, quiet places, or have old stones marking the territory. Sometimes they take people in the night, especially people who go poking around in the hills. Sometimes they send the people back, but changed and never the same as they was before. Hank swore that one time, when he was a boy, his father pointed out one of the creatures flying haphazardly across a moonlit sky. Hank asked his father why the thing flew like a wounded duck. His pa told, told him that just as he could never swim as well as a fish, neither would this creature fly like a bird, as if the sky was not its home. Hank's father warned him to watch where he stepped, as the creatures loved to dig in the earth and had created vast warrens in the mountains. From what I gather, these things are digging for something, like precious metals or gems or some such. Apparently they can't find whatever they're looking for anywhere else. It got me to thinking as I sat quiet looking at Hank. I'm sure I recall about some caves up in a mountain called Broken Hill near home. I'm writing this all down to remind me to look into it when I get home. A fella could make a killing selling these critters mineral rats. <laughs> and there we have it. Mm. Broken Hill. Sorry, oh, no, I'm not in there. I'm not really in Broken Hill Mountain, says Dr. Mm. Dr. Drake. Does that name mean anything to you? Yeah, wasn't that where we found the uh, the mound? We also found the bit of of stone. This is the mineral they're looking for. Yeah. And it says that there's caves and warrens in the tales. But don't you get the feeling from reading that that they're not particularly interested in hurting people? They're just looking for... Yeah, it's like if somebody trespasses, they'll... they'll grab them and they might send them back with a different brain or something or do something to them, you know. Just after bug gold. Whatever. Wow. I I you know when 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 we listened to that tape of her torturing that Miko, I kind of felt sorry for the Miko. They're interstellar prospectors. Um, are yeah, we? Are we like not? Are, are we? Are we done with the scene? Are we somewhere else now? Back in the car, all talking or something? Or no, I'm just giving you guys a chance to, to chat. So, if you're done, I'll just continue. Move on. Yeah, I think we've got some some serious directions to go now. Okay. So then, I'll, I'll, is it okay yeah. with Mrs. Cratchit that we take these with us, or does she want to hold on to them? We we. Uh, Wait, I'm outside, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have a thought, though, I can say you... No. I've developed the ability <laughs> to tell you. my thoughts. Um, 
Go ahead, Danny or Jasper, charm or luck. I'll, I'll let. Oh, sorry. Um, Dr. Drake, do you want to? Uh, okay. Dr. Drake just drugs her and we take Zero, <laughs> zero, one. I was very charming. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. I've just realized how low my stats are. <laughs> Perfect. So, Danny, she will uh, give you all volumes of the books, um, and she will tell you that actually that it would be her hope that if at all possible, you could somehow get these published into a book of some sort, because that would probably be what her husband would most want of all, and it would memorialize him, his history, his father, his grandfather's history. Um, it would, it would probably mean the world to her if you could somehow get that done. Certainly we'll, we'll try our best to make that happen. Do you, does she have a forwarding address where she's going to, or she's she moving will, on to? Um, yeah, she'll write it down on a piece of paper and give it to you. Um, it's actually, she'll explain to you, it's, she's actually going to live with her sister in mm. Brattleboro. Okay, well, thank you very much. And unless you want to say anything else, Jerry, I think we're good to go. Thank you for your help, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Gratcher. Well, this will be of great value to us. And uh, she'll just let you know that she's moving in another day or so. Uh, but if you should learn anything about what happened to her husband, you know, please, please let her know so that she can have some peace. We'll try and communicate with you with anything um, that we find. Okay. So we're actually at a good ending spot. Uh, just a few minutes left, maybe. So why don't you guys then, you know, you get in the car, you're leaving. Why don't you just take the moment to chat about where you might want to head next or leads or follows or thoughts or anything. Well, the reason why we're here is to find leads that will lead us towards the Miko, which is what we're after capturing. So, caves on Broken Hill. It looks like we were very close, closer than we realized. I'm wondering if it would be most clever to set up a trap outside one of the cave entrances and see if we can just accidentally catch one as he comes home or leaves. Maybe they're like bees and they just occasionally fly in and out. Maybe at this point, just seeing one and confirming that that's where they are might be the best course of action. Yeah. I, th I think that's a good idea, Tug. And a stakeout? In terms of capture, because we're trying to, trying to capture one, aren't we? But the books are a really good resource. I hate to say it, guys, but all I can think about is going and establishing contact with them and having a buzzing conversation. But um, you probably are not remembering this, but I'll just I'll just let you know uh, the name of that mound where you guys, like, you did remember that that's where you found the mineral? 
but that's also the same location that the first uh, student was found dead. He's the one that slipped from the mountain. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, because part of our group went over to see where, where what's his name had jumped off the cliff. Right. Yeah, I think Tug, Tug and myself climbed up some of the right. mountain at that spot as so well. Now we know that it probably wasn't that he jumped. It's probably that he got tossed off by a Miko. Yeah. I mean, granted, the Miko are vicious monsters who kill things. But once again, I it's just a it's a misunderstanding. Just like my little friends, the mole people who stabbed me in the neck. It's just a mere misunderstanding. Um, I'm curious, Tom slash Tug. Uh huh. Is this your character? Yeah. Okay. Then I won't Since he's soft hearted. Yeah. Okay. He's tough, but he's soft hearted. And he likes animals and. Yeah. He's dumb. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. What, I'm, what I'm wondering is why would there be an Abenaki tale that whatever lives in the mountain worships other gods? Well, that's the Indians saying that. They don't worship. But why would. But why would what would make a tribal tradition? generates such a peculiar notion it would be more likely that they would think they were spirits or gods or demons or devils but to but to propose that the things have their own religion they must have had some experience of, okay. maybe, of they had, the Negro. maybe they had congress with them at one point they, exactly they, they must have had some kind of memorable interactions which involves something other than brain replacement. Perhaps some deal was struck to to give them access to the uh, the minerals they sold. Yeah, I mean, it also, the thing it also is, makes is that if they are a living society, then they have a huge amount of variation, just like we have a huge amount of variation. If an alien came to Earth and saw one human shoot another human with a gun, he would be wrong to assume that that's the only thing that we do, you know. So the fact that these Migo have done something and that we're aware of it, it might be a, just just one thing in a million things that they do. So. Well, that's right. And, and of course, we've seen how many other beings uh, and uh, encounters others have seen. Who knows what other races and uh, other species may all be present here engaging in their own... Uh, I mean, can't we think that most, uh, most conflicts come about for uh, territory problems? You've come into my territory and therefore I must defend my territory. Perhaps there are others who want this resource. Perhaps it Perhaps it's use. What if this resource is necessary for their travel somehow? Perhaps well, they, we don't uh, know. But the 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 thing is, is that we know that that Federated Oil wants the mineral. <laughs> um, if that's the mineral they're looking for, the Miko. 
And we know also the, oh, the thing. Ah, oh, remember in the recording that it couldn't eat our food, that we it didn't have our food available to it. What if those rocks are the things that they eat? And they have to come here and mine them because that's their food source or something like it seems unlikely. Well, they're stranded here and it's the only thing they can eat here. Maybe. But remember, uh, there was a, a portal. So whatever they are, they have, if it's the Migo or one of these other things, they have, uh, they have access to their technology. They have access to some manner of travel. They're more advanced they a, than we are. That's right. At least when they, they have a, a, a mind to, uh, they've, uh, to been interface here for with. A, they've been here for a thousand years. Well, according to the Abenaki, they've been here before. Before mankind. Humanity. So what's that, 7,000 years? Well, probably longer than that, it makes millions, me uh, millions of years. We know it's millions. Of years. It, it makes me wonder, though. This uh, this uh, local cult that we think exists. What if it's not a question of a uh, venerate and amigo or these other things? What if somehow there's some local tradition that got hold of whatever the amigo are supposed to be worshiping? What if it's not? related at all what if you got a bunch of you, you've got a whack job living out in the in the woods who's murdering people you've got a religious cult that worships god knows what skinned cats you've got mentally deranged children that are just inbred to the point where they're doing freaky weird shit like that and you've got the miko and you've got the molemen they might not have been no, I, I, I don't want to sound like, like my father, Tug, but it, 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 it's almost like there's... Don't you wonder if there's something, the, the, just one thing at the root of it, like one... Oh, I can't believe I'm even saying this. One moral contaminant? Maybe it's the mineral itself. Or maybe there's just something strange about the place. Maybe uh, the devil does live here. There are plenty of accounts of uh, geographical locations which uh, have long traditions of... A nexus? A nexus of uh, the plains where they come together. Isn't that your Brad Bradalavsky or whatever her name is? Well, actually, that uh, sounds rather more scientific than uh, most of what she wrote. Tugga, well, that... Uh, Really sounds like a quite concise and uh, persuasive concept. And we saw a hole in it that was jumping around. And that means that, uh, well, of course, perhaps these things have all come from a different somewhere else. You'd still wonder, wait, wait, what if the, the agency at the root of it is the one responsible for for using uh, for using that uh, that brain to open this portal? There would only have to be one agency that uh, cares to exploit what you are calling a nexus in this way, and who knows what else might come through it? 
I don't know. It makes my head hurt. Let's do some carrot feels. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, I think I need some sanity loss. Well, well we we know that as we know that at least one agency is organized and numerous. <laughs> what happens? What 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 happens when you uh, botch a sanity check? Critically fail. Uh, does that involve other tables of madness and uh, whoa? More, more nastiness. <laughs> Just one point. Guess I'm really used to the weirdness. All right, you guys want to hold it there? It's a good spot. Our players included Mick Swan, George Sieg, Ken Trench, and myself, with Jeff Wilkins as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Uh, if you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our hmm. like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.